losing weight to gain control. Today's episode, Brian Ganey's 400-pound weight loss journey, part two. Welcome to today's episode of the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast. This is Gwen Alexander, your host. And today's episode is a continuation of an interview that I did with my guest, Brian Ganey, about his 400-pound weight loss journey. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, I advise that you go back and do that. And here is part two of Brian's story. On my podcast, I always tell him when I say diet... Usually it, people mean restriction. I just mean a food plan because I hate the word diet too. Oh, I do too. Yeah, anything that, and I learned this the hard way and I'm so grateful for that failure back in my 20s because if I can't do it the rest of my life, then what are you doing? Like, what am I doing? I, it's, if, it's, if I can't do it forever, then, then why? Well, it's just going to be temporary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose the weight. I'm going to gain it back and more and be depressed and it's going to set me back. So I would rather lose 100 pounds and keep it off than lose 300 pounds and then gain it all back six months later. It's, it's just, it's, it's really not worth it. But, and that's what I try, try to tell people because people will come to me and they'll say, well, I need to lose weight. Well, I said, why do you need to lose weight? Well, I've got a wedding coming up or a family reunion or my sister's getting married or I'm getting married and I just want to look good for the wedding day. And I'm like, so you're going to artificially lower your body weight for a short period of time temporarily for some to, to impress other people. And then you're going to gain all the weight back and be depressed and probably get fatter in the process. Like, why are you doing this? Why put yourself through it? Why don't you just go get a dress that fits right now and just be yourself and then do something healthy uh, to try and, you know, move the needle in a positive direction in a lasting way. That's, that's, that's what I always preach. And that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, one one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, we we've talked somewhat about the mental battles that sure. come up. I notice a lot since I'm in maintenance, it's the mental battle that I fight the most now. Uh, even this morning, my workout, I was like, you know, you really don't have to do this. How many weeks have you been consistent? Da da da. And I'm like, oh, just be quiet. Or you know, the days when I don't feel like even following my plan of my food, it's like right now I just want to go eat this huge hamburger. I mean. Or the mental battles that, uh, you know, you don't look good enough. You know, you're not pretty enough. You need to lose more weight and maybe you look better. Do you even still struggle with some of that stuff? Oh, yeah, all the time. I always, I, I've gone, I, I think I write in my book that I like to weigh once a month because uh, I try not to get obsessed about the scale. Uh, but some, sometimes I'll let that go even further to where I'm, I'm not weighing as often and the weight will start to creep up and it becomes, it becomes, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like a trick that your mind is playing on your body to make you think that you're getting fatter, even though you're not. And I mean, you can, I can, and I don't know how you are, but like, if I, like if my clothes shrink in the dryer or something, I'll start to get terrified that, that I'm gaining weight. Um, so that's, that's one mental battle is that constant fear that the weight's going to come back. Other things is just, you know, you don't get to be the weight that I was and, and not use food as a drug. So it becomes a, a method and a means by which you just cope with everything. And, and that's something that, that just never goes away. So I find that when I'm not getting enough sleep, I'll think, 
I think, man, all I want to do is eat. Why? And then I have to think about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't been getting enough rest. So, you know, let me just eat something one more time and then go to bed um, and get the proper amount of sleep. And then suddenly I don't want to eat everything in sight or social situations. And, and here we are in December, it's near Christmas, and that's the worst time of year for eating. And so I, I still deal with it constantly. But I think being self-aware is something that really helps me because I have to stop myself and say, okay, what's really going on here? Why am I wanting to eat everything? And, and when am I going to stop? What's, what's the point at which I'll say, okay, this is enough. I'm, I'm not going to eat anymore. There's, there's no point in continuing to do this. And so, yeah, absolutely. I still struggle, but it, it comes and goes because I will go on, you know, one or two months where it will be effortless and I'll even lose some more weight and I, it'll be fine. And then there'll just be that those peaks and valleys where I'll be kind of in the valley and I'll struggle some. So I, absolutely. I still do that. So it sounds like it, it, it's just, it's a mind shift change. Also, that's one of the things I always tell people is you have to change your mindset. And some are like, well, that's too much work to think about what I'm e eating and why am I eating it? But that's a big part of, of life. I've, e I've even had people that are maybe just want to lose 10 or 15 pounds. And they say, well, I just ate like a whole bowl of this Chex Mix stuff just because I was bored. And, I'll, yeah, and oh, I'm yeah. like, wow, I don't know what bored. I'm not, I'm not usually bored. I've never eaten because I was bored. I just ate because it was there and it was food and lots of it. Oh, yeah. So, so I've never had who, that problem. And who doesn't love to eat? I mean, I love to eat. I'd say I, to this day, I still say to people and it seems irrational, but I'll say, you know, I love food. I want more of it. Like it doesn't matter if it's healthy food or not healthy food. I just I love the act of eating because it's food and I want it. And, and it it's a drug. Good. It's a drug. I'm addicted. It's it's the only th it's the only legal substance that you can buy that will instantly make you happy. Now, it, that won't last, but it, it is. I mean, it, it's the great high of, of our lifetime be, where you can just buy some food and eat it, and it's amazing. And, you know, maybe you just bought a box of Little Debbie snack cakes for $1.29, but, man, it feels amazing while you're eating it. But then the you know, feeling of course, you get after is, oh, my is, God. Is terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What have I done? It's terrible. The, the thing that I tell people, and, and we all tend to suffer from, I call it paralysis by analysis, where we just, you know, and I did this for 10 years after I gained the weight back the first time, is we overthink it. You know, what, what's the plan of attack? What do I do? How am I going to lose all this weight? And, and so we're focused on losing all of the weight. And we're so focused on just this bogus image of what that's going to look like and what we'll look like when we're done, rather than just having a plan and just say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to pack my lunch and I'm going to actually take it to work and I'm going to eat the lunch that I pack. And that will be much more healthier than anything I could buy. And when people want to go out to eat, I'm going to tell them to go without me. And so that is an actual positive, actionable goal and something people can do that they can follow through on that will really make a difference. Do you ever have anyone say you're just too hardcore? Like, come on, oh, yeah. you need to relax a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I get that sometimes. And and. In, in some small, sometimes those people have been right. Um, I used to, and I, I think I even write about this in my book, I used to just rail against restaurants as being just unhealthy, terrible places that just make awful food that cause people to be fat and they're, you know, they're terrible merchants of death and it's awful. 
And uh, so I never used to, I, I boycotted restaurants for probably the first four years of my, of my weight loss journey because I just felt so strongly about it because I used to eat so much food in restaurants and I would overeat and a majority of the food in restaurants is very unhealthy. And uh, so I had some people take me aside and say, listen, you know, you're kind of missing out on the social experience if you just don't ever dine out with people. So why don't you kind of loosen up a little bit and try to find a healthy option? So I, I have been able to moderate my stance a little bit and, and still be able to enjoy that social interaction. Well, I think people don't understand when when you have a problem where food is your drug, because I went through the same thing. Sure. They don't understand when you're sitting there and it's like, okay, I have to like really watch it. I mean, my big thing was I wanted to order the biggest thing on the menu that I got the most food for. And I sure. ordered a huge dessert. I wanted it all big and I wanted it now. You know, oh, they, yeah. they don't understand that for people like, and I, I can say like us, that sure. it was, it was hard. Social situations with food are, are still hard for me too, because I'm thinking, okay, don't go crazy. Just calm down. You're here to socialize with your friends, not to eat the, all the food that's in sight. Do you, do you find that this is something for me? It, it, you know, I talked about the peaks and valleys. There are times where I'm completely on top of the world and I, I'm like Superman. You can't put anything in front of me and make me eat it. Like I, I have an iron will. Like there's no I could I can be in a social situation where people are eating all the bad food that I used to love to eat and it doesn't bother me. It's I feel completely bulletproof. And then there are other times, and this time of year, the holidays happens to be one of those times. There are just, it's just, it's it's very difficult. I mean, sometimes I've had to leave social situations and just say, all right, guys, I got to go home because I can't be around this. Uh, I'm just like a drunk in a bar. Like, this is dangerous for me. I got to get out of here. Do you find that that fluctuates for you, that your willpower comes and goes sometimes? Yeah, and I usually know when it's, when it's the lowest, when my willpower is the lowest. And that's why I think sometimes, especially like you said, this time of year, um, I know I get really tired. It's freezing where I live, so I'm, I'm cold, and that kind of gets to me. It's dark, so I'm really deliberate about which which events I go to. And then if there 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 are times when if once the food's done, I'll just walk away. It's like okay, I need to go away for a moment because I'm about to like go crazy on everything that's on this table because I love sure. everything that's here, but um. But if it's what I have to do, I've learned, oh, you know, if everybody doesn't understand, it's okay. But, hey, I get results. It's Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's one of those things where, I, you know, they just understand Gwen's going to do her thing. Or sometimes I've even bought my own, brought my own food to some things when I know it's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to resist what's there. And I'm just going to go crazy, so I'll just bring something for me. And sure. I'm sure some people think, well, that's that's going over, over the top. But I've learned what what my downfalls are, you know, and I, and, and actually the part that I don't want to experience is the way I feel after. I mean, the horrible, like I knew better, but I just let it go. Kind of like what you were saying, you know, you, you finally found that happy medium to eating out with your friends, but you probably needed that time for that four years to say, okay, I got to get this under control before you could get back in front of the food. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you just, sometimes you have to I guess it's like with anything, you have to tighten your belt for a while and get control before you can say, okay, you know, now, now I can loosen up a little bit, but I can't, I can't loosen up too much because I have to remember what got me to where I am. And what the one thing I, the one thing that does 
really blow people's minds is there are, you know, you've probably in some of your reading and, and probably some of your listeners have, have heard of things like trigger foods, you know, things that things that people like us start eating that we just can't stop eating. Um, then that, and that lead to other things kind of like, I guess it, for lack of a better term, it's like a gateway drug. And for me, there are just things that I can never eat again. And I'm very, very cool with that. I don't, you know, I, I just don't eat that stuff anymore. What, what kind of food is it that you can't eat anymore? Are you, uh, so things like cakes and cookies and pizza and fast food and stuff like that. I just, I, I can't start eating it. I mean, I imagine I could, but I just don't. Uh, and I don't want it. I, I just, to me, it's more, uh, the addiction is more the act of eating. So there are, you know, I can just, I could just probably just sit and get fat on healthy food. I, I don't really need the, the, the sweets and things like that, that, that I used to eat, but I'm terrified to eat it. So I don't because I, I just, I'm afraid I can't stop. It's just that the idea that one is too many and a hundred is not enough. So there are just, there are just things that I just don't eat. And so I think that's that's one thing that people can't grasp grasp sometimes is they're like, well, so you never eat it? Like you're never going to order a pizza and eat it ever again? It's like, no, you know, if I want a pizza, I'll make a healthy pizza at home. But I just I can't like not even a slice. I'm like, no, like I just I can't because if I eat one, I'm just going to want to keep going. But a lot of people don't get to that point. That's the thing where I think it's hard for some to understand, even maybe some people that's listening that's my big thing is I always try to say, find a healthier substitute, which usually means you have to fix it at home. You know, you're not going to probably find it at the restaurant or wherever you're eating at, especially with the pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just and let's be honest, the the food that that's made for you at a restaurant is they don't they're more concerned about selling more food and having more customers and getting you to stay longer that really the health of people is is really not, it's it's not a factor or an issue. I mean, they always have the healthy menu and all that stuff, but, you know, even that is sometimes not not quite exactly what it should be. So it's, I don't know, it's it, it, it's a battle, but it's, it's a battle that people can win and that if they just, just, have, just have a plan, just start somewhere and uh, recognize that, you know, we all have our thing, we all have our weakness that, you know, things that we shouldn't be doing. And for me, I know that being in restaurants on a regular basis is, is just a huge weakness of mine. It's just that idea of just being served and, and having whatever I want brought to me and, and just that ambiance. I know that that's, a, that that's a problem for me, so I stay away from it. And it just, you know, I shouldn't be in those places. And just it's the same thing with a, a drunk shouldn't be in a bar and, and, you know, those kinds of things. And so... People, people will ask me sometimes, they'll say, well, what, what's the one food I should avoid? And I always tell them, you know, it's whatever you can't stop eating is the food that you should avoid. Whatever you completely lack self-control around, That's just, a good answer. you know, avoid that, whatever that is. And for me, that would be something like cake or, a, or pie or, or those kinds of sweets and, or donuts is, is something I have to avoid because I just, I will eat the entire box. So whatever that is. I mean, that's different for everybody. So it's really hard to say, you know, here's the one true diet for everyone, the, the whole world. This is the, this is the answer. We're all different. We like different things. We, we dislike different things. We have, 
you know, for some people, they're not, they're not sweets people. It doesn't matter. It's not going to have any effect on them. So that that's not a problem for them, but maybe it's fried food is the thing is, is their issue. So we all have a different downfall. We all like different things. You know, we like different healthy things. I absolutely can't stand broccoli at all. Like just, I'll never I had broccoli eat it. with my dinner tonight. Well, you know what, Gwen? Good for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad <laughs> you love it. You can you can eat all the broccoli in the world, and you can have some for me, uh, because I just will never eat it. I just don't like it. But you know, I can eat other vegetables until I'm ready to explode. You know, I love things like asparagus and green beans and carrots and all that stuff. And so I could just eat it nonstop and other people might not like that. So, you know, we're all different, but I think that the the problem that people have is they're just not putting forth any positive effort to, to just do something different. Because it takes work. It really does. Yeah. Um, actually before I got on the call with you, I was like, Oh, I need to like do my food journal. And, and I actually just posted on Facebook that, Hey, I'm on food journal number eight in the last five years. (laughs) Um, and I think that some people are still like, you You do that? It's like, yes, um, I don't enjoy it, but I've learned I have to pre-plan as best as possible because for some reason when I see it on paper, it's like, wow, I ate all that. Man, I need to like not do that again. You know, it's it, it takes work. Yeah, it does. I, I still to this day write it down. I'll, uh, I'll keep a notebook um, as a food journal and I'll write down everything I eat. Uh, which actually is easier than it sounds. You know, yeah, I just you get up. used to it, but it's still, sometimes it's like, I feel like I'm not like everybody else. I mean, it's, and I hate to use the word normal because, you know, everybody's different, but I keep saying to myself in my head, normal people don't have to do this, Gwen, but it's, but it's not that it's normal. It's just, it's what I have to do to keep myself under control in this area, like my budget for my money. Ex- exactly. It's, it's the same thing. And it's, it, it's and, and the funny thing is, is I'll fill up this notebook, you know, with like a month's worth of food and then I'll throw it away and start a new notebook. Like it's just it's an accountability thing to be able to look at the paper and see what I've done. And I, it's so funny because people will always inevitably they'll ask me, you know, what what apps do I need or what, you know, the do I need to buy a, a an, you know, a, a Fitbit, which is a great product or any of that stuff. And I work for a big technology company. And I'm like, you know what? I love all that stuff. And I think it's fantastic and amazing. But when it comes to my weight loss, I am old school. I write it down with a pen and a pad of paper. And I do very basic exercises like walking. I just exactly just keep it simple. Keep it basic. It's more about the accountability. You know, the writing, you know, the act of writing things down. You're keeping yourself accountable. You're creating a visual representation of what you've done that day, what you've eaten that day. And it really will help. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that people sign their name and have for hundreds of years as a, as a way to promise things, because something about just writing that down makes them accountable. Yeah, it's I still got the old food journal and, you know, I get the bad days and the good days and you can flip back through it and say, well, that was a good day and you can say, well, that wasn't such a good day. So, yeah, it, but it uh, also shows you any patterns. That's another thing that I tell people. And it sounds like you do, too. You look for patterns. So you know how to adjust, you know, like you, like you knew when you ate at restaurants, boy, I couldn't control myself, but and you could see that pattern. You know, I noticed that I'm, I'm not as strict as I used to be, but I noticed that when I had a day where I just went crazy, I don't even call it a cheat day anymore. It was like, I would eat more. It took me mm-hmm. four days to rein myself back in. And I yes. started noticing that I was like, wow, four days. 
to rein my ba- myself back in from that one day. So yes. I learned. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So I learned. Um, I can't do those too often. You know what? That that is that's an incredible thing to hear somebody else say because I feel the same way. Like if I have a, a week where I have overeaten multiple days in a row, like it it will take it'll take time to come back from that because. I'll overeat one day or or three days, and then it's like, okay, now I need to, and so I have a day where I overeat a little bit less and overeat a little bit less, and then I start to bring it back into line, and then it's like, okay, now it's back under control, and uh, my weight will fluctuate just a little bit, and and so it's, that's, that's so, you're right, once it's like, once the wheels fall off, it's just like, okay, you get back on the horse, but it's going to take, it's like you've got to modify that behavior uh, for several days in a row until you can kind of reach some equilibrium where it's like, okay, you know, the, the energy in the energy out, the, the food, the meal size, like I'm okay here. We're, we're, we're getting through it. And I've like found other things to do besides eat and I've modified my routine and now I'm going to get through it. It says an interesting observation. So one question I have is what's different about the Brian now? Like, you know, what's, what are some things besides the food and the exercise that the new Brian does that maybe the old Brian did? Because I know you've done like 5Ks and 10Ks and um, you, you've had your chance to speak and I think you've been on TV and everything. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it, uh, I, I, my life today is really nothing like my life used to be. I have gotten to do all those things. So I took up running before I uh, tore up my knees and I can't run anymore. I had an injury. Uh, so I did some 5Ks and 10Ks and was training for a half marathon when my knee went. So then I switched to biking and I, I've gotten the opportunity to just ride my bike multiple miles and even got to do some century rides, which is riding over 100 miles in one day, which is fantastic to do on a bicycle. Uh, so things like that, where I'm able to just go and do and just kind of experience life. But the thing for me, the biggest reward in all of this is having my mobility, my mobility back and being able to, without thinking, without having any special arrangement, just be able to go and do what everybody else does. So I travel for work so I can fly in airplanes. I don't think about it. I don't think about, am I going to fit in the seat? Am I going to be able to make this happen? Or just getting a rental car and having to worry, you know, is it going to be big enough or is that even going to be possible? I don't think about that anymore. Uh, I go buy clothes at the regular store. I don't think about, you know, are they going to have my size? I don't worry about even 99% of the stuff that I used to have to worry about. I don't sit in a chair and think, oh my goodness, is it going to hold me up? You know, I, I just don't. Things I don't that think... most people don't think about, you know, like you said, about buying the clothes. And um, when I had years ago with the weight gained so much, um, this was before you could buy clothes online. I got to where sure. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to buy anything in the store anymore. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. I rem- I remember when I weighed more than when I, when I was so big that nothing that everything in the big and tall store was too small. And so at that point, it's like, okay, I either have to have my clothes custom made or you know order them off of the internet, which gets expensive. And, oh, it's very expensive. I mean, people, you know, people that are overweight, it's really sad how much they have to pay for clothes. And uh, and so you just wind up having like a really small wardrobe. And uh, yeah, so I don't have to think about any of that anymore. And and that's that's what I enjoy. You know, when I go tomorrow, if it's nice, I'll go get on my bike and I'm, I'm riding a 10 speed bicycle with skinny racing tires and I'm looking at the, and I just, it blows my mind on a daily basis that I'm able to do this. And so, you know, just flying in an airplane, I'm in a tiny little coach seat and you know how tiny those seats are. Oh yeah. I was just uh, flew a few months ago. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, man, this is amazing. And it's, or go to the bathroom on the plane, which is like unbelievably small. 
and and to just to be able to do that without any restrictions like and just not even think about it like I, I just I don't I'm to the point now and it's going on seven years since I started the whole thing I'm to a point now where I don't even think about it where you know it's finally setting in that that the weight is gone and that I can live a normal life and just do whatever I want and uh, it's it's really fantastic but that's that's the payoff you don't when you lose a bunch of weight you don't win the lottery you know there's not going to be a line of beautiful women out my front door you know there's not going to be uh you know ed mcmahon's not going to be on my porch with a giant check like there's nothing you don't become someone else unless you make yourself someone else there's not there's no huge pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and that's what I knew from when I lost the weight the first time I knew that I was going to be the same person when I got done as I was when I started, I was just going to be smaller and way less. And that was all it would be. And then anything else that changed was going to be my responsibility. So I knew that going into it. And that's why I'm so grateful for that failure that I had back in my 20s, because I was able to, to experience that and go through that and see what that was like. And uh, so that's the that's the big difference between the, the 600 pound Brian and the 200 pound Brian is just that the 200 pound Brian knows how much better it is to be 200 pounds and, and appreciates the little things on a daily basis. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast today and sharing your story. But uh, before we end, I want you to tell the listeners how they, if someone wants to get a hold of you or find out more about you, where, where can they do that? Where can they, how can they say, I want to ask you a question? Sure, sure. Uh, anyone can email me. It's, it's bganey at gmail.com. So it's first initial, last name. So, B as in boy, G as in girl, A-N-E-Y, at gmail.com. And I always tell people when it comes to spelling my name, there's no I in Brian Ganey. So yes. that'll, that, that'll help you with that. And then uh, I have a blog that I need to do a better job of updating. Uh, you can find that at uh, Ganey.com, G-A-N-E-Y.com. And then also you can just search my name on Amazon and you'll find uh, if you want an actual book, um, you can get the, the paperback or you can download the Kindle book for your smartphone or your tablet, uh, whether it be, you know, Apple or Android, what, whatever that is. And uh, and so that's how people can find me. And uh, if you Google me, you can you'll find my YouTube channel and my appearances on various shows and things like that. So. It's 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 all out there, but I do answer all my emails uh, usually. But you know, if you're going to email me about your about your situation, you know, be open to a solution, not just you know lots of whining because I do tend to challenge people, and then sometimes they don't email me back. So yeah, and and I like that that you have that no nonsense approach. So so thanks again, Brian, for being on the podcast, and and if um, anyone wants to reach out to them and I'll put that in the show notes too, so that it'll be there and they'll make sure that we spell your name correctly. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for having me, Gwen. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed part two of Brian Ganey's story of how he lost 400 pounds and how he works to keep it off. And as you know, if you listen regularly to my podcast, I love to end with a quote to help to encourage and motivate you. And I want to leave you with a quote that Brian made during the interview. And that quote is, you don't become someone else unless you make yourself someone else. So start making yourself into the person that you want to become. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. I'm not a medical professional. You should consult with your doctor or medical professional before beginning any weight loss or exercise program.